Good morning. It's Thursday, July 2nd. Welcome to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. The numbers are staggering. Elderly adults who live in nursing care facilities are less than 1% of our population, but they account for almost 50% of COVID-related deaths in this country. Even before the coronavirus, there was already a growing trend away from nursing homes, but the pandemic has added new urgency to the conversation. Replacing the nursing home is today's one big thing. Kim Hart is the editor of Our City's newsletter, and she's been looking into the data about how disproportionate COVID-19 deaths are among elderly in care facilities. According to an analysis by the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, about 45% of COVID-related deaths have taken place in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. So it makes sense that the conversation around what could replace nursing homes has gotten louder in the past few months. Perhaps the most obvious option is multi-generational family living. This is already very popular in a lot of cultures where generations tend to live together as they age and the grandparents parents help take care of the grandkids. And it's a much more collaborative kind of family environment that has not been as popular in America and among white families. But as the population becomes more diverse and there's more of a need for that kind of shared responsibility, it is becoming more popular. That also gives rise to the most popular thing Kim is seeing right now, the granny flat. You may have also heard this called an in-law suite or cottage. And these are actually accessory dwelling units that homeowners can place in their backyard. Maybe it's an apartment that they convert on top of a garage that will allow aging parents or grandparents to live nearby. Across the country, from Seattle to Austin to Washington, D.C., cities are making it easier to build these units. And that was happening before the pandemic. It's also cheaper than nursing care facilities, which can run as high as $7,000 a month. But housing is hard to build. Housing takes a long time to build. So it'll be a very gradual process to see what kind of decisions people make about their loved ones and what the preferences end up being for the 65 and older crowd because it's a very diverse population and, as we know, growing rapidly as America grows older. The big picture here is that America's population is rapidly aging, and the virus has underscored an already urgent need for better alternatives than what we have now. Kim Hart is the city's editor for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the British government's response to further crackdowns in Hong Kong. Welcome back to Axios Today. Earlier this week, we talked about the Chinese government passing a security law that sharply curtails freedom for people in Hong Kong. In response, the U.K. had offered citizenship to nearly three million of its former subjects who were living in Hong Kong right now. And we've got some more details on that from British Member of Parliament Tom Tugendhat. He's chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee, and he spoke to us at Axios on Wednesday. So, look, I think this is an important first step because I think recognizing our responsibilities to British nationals is an important duty of Her Majesty's government, and so I'm glad that we are doing it. I think that we shouldn't be simply looking for a way out for some people while abandoning the others. I think we should be looking to find ways in which we can support everybody in Hong Kong. He was speaking to our world editor, Dave Lawler. Right. So this is in response to this national security law that China passed, which sets some really harsh 
punishments for, you know, pretty vaguely defined political crimes. So things like advocating secession from China, independence for Hong Kong, things like that. This is in response to the massive protests we saw there. And the British government said, basically, people who have these British national overseas passports and people who are eligible for them. So basically people who lived in Hong Kong when it was still a British territory before 1997 we're now going to let them move to the UK if they would prefer to live in the UK rather than this changing Hong Kong. And July 1st was traditionally a day of protest, Dave. I wonder what happened yesterday. Did the new security law have a chilling effect on freedom of expression in Hong Kong? We still did see young people go out into the street. We still did see people chant for Hong Kong independence. which is something that's actually forbidden under this law. So we saw a show of defiance. But a lot of other people are going to see these laws come in. They have futures ahead of them. They're looking at life in prison for some of these crimes, and they're going to say it's just not worth it. So we don't know yet, but I do think that China has showed that it's not going to accept these massive demonstrations in the streets anymore. And as you mentioned, this idea of having a chilling effect on these mass protests is definitely part of what's motivating it. So what's the future look like in Hong Kong? The future is quite murky. The question of whether it's going to remain this global financial center is still to be answered. And so for them, they're not really getting a solution here from the UK or from the US or from anyone. They're really just getting more uncertainty about their futures. The bottom line is China's crackdown on freedom isn't just a turning point in Hong Kong's place in the world. It could be the final turning point away from democracy for Hong Kong's people. Dave Lawler is the world editor at Axios. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into our newsroom. Co-founder Mike Allen is with me now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. We're a couple of months into this pandemic. And Mike, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I think we know that there's a deep divide when it comes to the media. But now when it comes to media consumption and who to believe about the coronavirus, the stakes are so high here. So there's a conspiracy theory out there that the virus was intentionally planted by people in power. And listen to this, a Pew Research study, a third of Americans who have seen that conspiracy believe it. That's how polluted our info flow is. And this, of course, comes down to which party you identify with. Pew looked at five sources of information about the virus. The highest marks for getting the facts right go to the CDC. The lowest go to President Trump. But Nyla, here's the rub. If you're a Republican, Trump and the CDC are tied. Trump is a little higher. So Nyla, at our afternoon podcast pitch meeting on Zoom, of course, our executive editor, Sarah Gu, brought up this study. And she said, this explains your Facebook feed. And that really nails it. So if you're a Republican, you believe Trump as a source of information. And if you're a Democrat, you believe the CDC? Yeah, Niall, Sarah Fisher, the Axios media trends expert, explained it to me this way. Media is struggling everywhere around the world economically, but now we have leaders undermining the facts. So in America in particular, you have this incredibly botched info flow on the virus. You don't know who or what to believe. Uh, the one person that people believe, you saw Tony Fauci was back on the hill. He was wearing a Washington Nationals mask. And I realized that's something that's good to be world champion in. Mike, we certainly don't want that distinction when it comes to the virus. Well, we've got it. Let's have another 
We wanted to end today's show with something you probably know about, but it's what all of us at Axios today are so excited for. Tonight, at midnight Pacific time, the blockbuster musical Hamilton is coming to your living room on Disney+. Disney paid $75 million for the movie rights and moved up the premiere a year early for this 4th of July weekend debut. Creator and star Lin-Manuel Miranda said the whole reason the movie exists is so a wider audience can see the musical. That's it for this episode. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. You can write to us at podcasts at axios.com and you can find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. Don't forget to catch us tomorrow morning, but until then, tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.